Dr. Stevenson is a regional archaeologist for the Department of Historic Resources. He received his Ph.D. in anthropology from the Pennsylvania State University in 1984, and since then he has published over 75 scientific papers on Eastern U.S. prehistory and the analysis of archaeological materials. He has also edited four volumes and written two books on Pacific archaeology. He is currently involved in the excavation of a colonial period site known as the Golden Ball Tavern in Petersburg, Virginia. Hear ye, Dr. Christopher Stevenson. Several, several months ago, quite a number of months ago, um, the, you know, the proposed expansion, uh, proposed development of the VCU parking lot um, uh, triggered a keen interest in the, burial, in the location of the burial ground for Negroes. And since that time, uh, I've been working um, with Jeff on trying to, um, find, uh, to develop a, a, a historical context for that. And Jeff's paper that you just heard uh, really gives some of the, some of the very, uh, gives a very nice detail on, on that landscape um, in, in that part of, uh, part of Richmond. The, that landscape is, is probably one of the most heavily altered landscapes uh, in all of Richmond, um, that, uh, given the, the intensity of activity in the last, uh, in the last century, century and a half. And that, um, and that makes our task of locating the burial ground for Negroes extremely difficult. In, in this talk, I'll be... Um, We'll be using a series of, of modern landmarks and, um, uh, and topographic features and historical facts to try to narrow down as, as, as best as possible where the burial ground for Negroes <coughs> was located. In, in, it's, it's, a, it's really a complex puzzle, and in trying to piece all, all this information together, um, we, we're going to use both modern, modern reference features and, um, uh, <coughs> and historical facts, but uh, we, we want to actually... Um, not think about this about this location in modern terms. You just have to you have to forget the <coughs> excuse me. You have to forget the modern grid for 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 a, a moment. Uh, I'll be referring, for example, to 15th Street, which is well removed from the area that we're talking about. Old 15th Street, for example, would, would have been over here, and you'll see that on some of the maps. So the, the general area uh, of the burial ground is here. The the question is how precisely can we locate it? Um, um, there, there have been several hypotheses uh, floating around, um, and one is that it was directly, it was completely underneath uh, I-95, um, and other hypotheses say, well, no, it's not, it's not completely, uh, it's not completely covered. So we're going to provide some additional detail to help resolve that issue. And uh, we have five, there's five components to this talk. Uh, first, we're going to start out uh, five research goals. We're going to start out to, to just verify the presence, and some of this will be some of this, these data will be redundant to what Jeff um, uh, has shown, but it's going to, you'll have to, in terms of putting this puzzle together, it's important to repeat it so you can, so you can link up the various facts. Um, the pr previous, uh, previous assessments of where the burial ground might be located didn't have um, use, didn't have the uh, resource of GIS mapping. Um, that, that technology uh, is newly applied to this problem, but it's not the answer to this problem. It's just kind of a guide that's going to push us in the right direction. Um, we want to look. We want to look uh, to see if that barrel ground also is still there. 
you know, what, what's, the, what's the probability that it's still there? Um, and we also want to look at, and this is what Jeff talked about, we want to look at the constraining factors of topography because that's, that's gonna, uh, that and other data, that and other census data is going to tell us or give us an estimate of how uh, big the barrel ground might be and how accurate was that initial 1809-1810 map that was done by Young. So in, um, we did a, a fairly exhaustive search of the archives, uh, the Library of Virginia and other places. Um, and these are some of the maps, uh, listed maps in those archives. We also did media search. We also did interviews, informant interviews, um, and, um, uh, and, some, and some photographic work uh, that Jeff provided. So the only, the only map that actually shows the burial ground is the 1809-1810 map. Um, and here it is again. Now, Jeff again has also no noted that um, uh, maps are a combination of what is and what, what is desired. Um, and at, at this time, <coughs> um, Broad Street ends here. Um, this, is, uh, this is a path that goes down the slope. And note the, the Shaco, Shaco Creek over here. It's important <coughs> to note uh, the location of Shaco Creek uh, uh, is, is something that appears in all these maps, but it's always changing. And that was a very difficult issue to come to, to, come to grips with, but we, fi we finally figured it out. Now, here's the, here's the, the red dot, dots indicate the approximate, uh, or just to show the, the uh, location of the uh, burial ground, an approximate, that's, that, that doesn't reflect the boundary in, in any way. Um, we have the, <coughs> again, the gallows, and then we have the magazine. And if you, and if you look at the burial ground in New York City um, that was excavated a number of, uh, a number of years ago, the, the, that map and this map are incredibly parallel, remarkably similar. You have the burial ground located in a very undesirable piece of terrain. You have it next to the, you have a gallows in that burial ground in New York City. You have a magazine several hundred yards away from that burial ground. Um, and the closest street is called Broad Street. I'm not, I wasn't sure if I had the right map when I was looking at that. Um, but it's like the same individual made that map, or at least was aware of, uh, or they might have been aware of, of that map when they made this one. Um, so this is just by looking at, just kind of first impression looking at, the, at, that, um, at that map, uh, having just a sense of the topography from being out there, this is kind of the model that's you, that one develops. You have the slope coming down, uh, you reach the base of that slope, uh, you have the gallows and the burials, uh, and then the other, further across the valley you have the creek, and then it rises up uh, to the other side of the valley. Um, but how are, however, is that an appropriate model? We don't think so. But just to show, uh, just to show kind of the, give you a better feel here, um, again, th this, the, the yellow dashed line uh, out, uh, goes around the perimeter of the written text, um, and it shows the location of the burial ground in relation to the city jail that Jeff just talked about, uh, in relation to the various creek beds, again, but this is 1835. You show in 1835, uh, you have, again, the site, the city is laid out. You have actually property owners assigned to some of these parcels. Others don't. Uh, there's not a lot of construction on these parcels. So this is probably, again, uh, a combination of what's there and what's, and, and what's not there or what's anticipated to be there. And again, uh, 1876, again, you see some of the same features like the jail, which is right there. Um, and you have much more, you have more construction going on. 
Again, this doesn't give you any sense of topography. It's like a flat landscape, and it's, it's not very informative in many regards. Um, the confirmation for the burial ground, again, comes from uh, the, the, um, uh, the that, small, that small book and things brought to light. Um, but it's secondhand information. Um, the city jail was built in 1830, and this is a 1908 publication. So it's, you know, it's hand, that, that location, the memory of that has been handed down um, you know, for one or more generations. But it does confirm, it does give us some, uh, some verification that, uh, that human, human graves were there. Um, and again, we know that, that uh, the burial ground for Negroes was, a, uh, uh, was, was you know, commonly used, constantly used. Uh, but around 1816, around 1812, um, it, it appears that it was that, that's, that piece of topography was, was being filled up. Uh, and and uh, free blacks in Richmond petitioned the city for a new, for a new burial ground that was granted in 1816, and uh, that was located um, north of, um, north of the uh, Shaco area. So this, uh, the fact that it was filling up suggests, well, maybe, that, maybe the, the size of that burial ground was fairly constrained. Maybe um, uh, there, there are things impinging on that that made that terrain less useful. Okay, so we did, so our first step was, the second step was here, was to, um, uh, to do the georeferencing of the historic maps and the, and the modern urban landscape. Um, so we just, uh, in the department, we have this capability. And the way we did this is that um, uh, these part, you have the, you have the, again, this is the 1809, 1810 map. Um, you have these survey parcels that were meticulously surveyed. Um, uh, 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 these are actually the city blocks, and they were numbered. Um, and they're on each side of, of, Chaco, of Chaco Valley here. Uh, and these city blocks are still in place. Okay? So we were able to use, get, get multiple reference points um, on each of those maps, and we just superimposed them, um, uh, made the scales match, and, um, and then we see, we, then we were able to locate um, the burial ground right here in relation to the modern urban features. And here's I-95 running right through here. Question is, does it cover the burial ground completely? And it doesn't, it looks like it does not. Okay, here's a 1953 air photo provided by VDOT. Here is the jail here, okay. This is the old 15th Street, no longer active. Here's future I-95 and here's the berm. Here's the retaining wall of, uh, of, of uh, I-95. And um, the burial ground seems to extend past that retaining wall. Okay. And note, right here, keep that, in, keep this in mind. Here's the here's the underpass. It's still there today. And this is the, kind of the old. This is the, kind of the old uh, creek bed of, of Shaco Creek, where it's very close to it. So, so we we, we located the, the burial ground the best we could with that georeferencing. Question is. Uh, based on the based on the available evidence, is there a chance of it, of it still being there? Okay, what, what are the integrity of those deposits? So you saw in Jeff's you saw in Jeff's um, uh, presentation that that that, con that shot of the uh, of the I ninety five when it was under construction and the depth of that fill. Um, we actually went down and got the design plans from Tony Opperman at VDOT, and the red line. And this is, this is in the area right above um, uh, the burial ground for Negroes. The red line is the original ground, su ground surface, 1953. 
and then the yellow line is the uh, is the fill is the is the historic fill that was uh, uh, was brought in, and you have a good you know eight to sixteen fifteen feet uh, of material on on top of that on top of that area. You also have you also have fill from the historic period. Um, Jeff was talking about the removal of that of the of the um, of the hill there in Richmond and, use, and the use of that, of that, of that material you know, for construction purposes and, and to fill in low-lying areas. So um, one, what, what VCU had done um, is part of their environmental impact work, they, they did a series of, of core borings, uh, primarily to look for, to for toxic waste, um, you know, to look for, um, uh, you know, to look at the environmental quality of the, of the groundwater and, and, and the soil deposits. Uh, but they also they also took note of the types of historic materials that were coming out of these borings. And these are about you know five six inch borings, and um, uh, that was that was very helpful. What it what um, they show in the uh, in these borings is that and they, they go down you know about twenty or thirty feet. You have about eleven you know, between eight and eleven feet of fill over over overlying sand, uh, but in some of the uh, especially in this one, you have down about about uh, ten feet. You have an organic layer with coal and and uh, uh, you know and modern debris. So that was suggested that there's a historic layer preserved beneath that. But beneath that, there was there was sand. Um, uh, this area might have been used as a um, as a kind of a, a coal banking area um, prior to being you know, shipped out to the, to the domestic houses. Um, that there's a report of that uh, in, in the literature. So, but the important point here is that you have sand deposits uh, right here um, um, in, in the parking lot, sand deposits that are indicative of that creek bed. So that was another clue. So um, again, uh, here's the projection based on the georeferencing. Uh, this is the, here's this word uh, Negroes from the map, um, and this is the an estimated boundary um, uh, for the burial ground, and you see here's the um, here's the retaining wall. You have some slope with grass, and then uh, you have the parking lot proper. Then again, no, note here here's this underpass, uh, this overpass, where the creek bed um, was uh, was done, and then the and the borings the 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 borings I just showed you were here. I can't back here here. And here, there, there, there. There you go. Um, so th that's just that the, the the stream is somewhere in in here. Okay. So now we have it. We have it kind of located. You know, uh, uh, located on the terrain um, in in two dimensions. What's the third dimension? How does that come in? How does that play into our locational scheme? Right. Again. Uh, you know we, that those two-dimensional maps weren't very informative, so we, we go back to the photographic record and to and to some of the older maps to kind of see what other details we can add to this puzzle. So we have a series of observations here that we need to put together to come at, to arrive at kind of a final assessment. Um, uh, again, especially uh, in this photograph, which is just uh, you know, burial ground. Here's some, uh, the burial ground would have been in here, but just uh, and it's been developed in here. Uh, it's been terraced and so forth, but you get out out of that area and you you see an undeveloped area. You can see actually how steep how steep those slopes are. Okay, and if you were looking at at Jeff's photographs behind Lumpkin's Jail, for example, 
you could you could actually see that you know it was, it was very a very steep uh, uh, incline, and again from the uh, mo from the modern jail and that modern um, uh, photograph of the jail being torn down, you could you can you know get a feeling for how that topography was very severe. And you know the the clues that come in again. Uh, this was also mentioned by Jeff. Uh, the Richmond City um, uh, Council, Common Council, um, was petitioned to put up a safety barrier so people wouldn't fall down the slope. You know that's fairly indicative that it was a dangerous precipice. Um, and we have this one we have this one map um, in 1874 that that actually shows shows and gives us hints about, about that landform. You have the, kind of a, a drop-off here. Here's, here's Broad Street um, and um, a drop-off here. Then, then you have additional slope here. So this, this is, looks like fairly severe, maybe less severe down here um, in the area of the jail. And then you have the slope going down to, again, to the creek. Um, this, but this is, the, this is the channelized creek. It's not the... Um, it's in 1874. This is not the 1835 uh, route or the 1810 route of that of that uh, water of that watercourse. So, w what can we learn from the old maps about the history of that watercourse? Because that's that's what was so confusing. Um, because in uh, we see that we see that in this in this map that, uh, that has risen risen out of a, um, uh, a lot a dispute over over property between Byrd and Adams in circa 1800. Um, they mapped, the, the, the surveyor mapped out the changing watercourses, and, and you can see that we have the old Shaco, old Shaco Creek, and, and we have a, you know, a newer alignment. What we learned from this, again, was that high bank that Jeff pointed out. Um, but what we also learned is that this creek was very, very, um, uh, was, all, was constantly shifting. Um, so in 18, 1800, it's over here against this high bank, okay? But in 1809, 1810, on the young map, we see that, that it's well removed, well east of where it is in 1835. So, and then 1874, um, again, it's back up against the, um, uh, back up against this high bank. So that creek is constantly going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And the high bank, the location of this high bank at Broad Street and the presence of those alluvial sediments um, beneath the parking lot um, show again showed that that the creek was in that position um, and it was probably in that position several times over the course of the last last two centuries so that that high bluff and that and that bank um, would serve as an effective barrier to the presence of the burial ground and we see uh, what we do what we've done is that we have well here's the old bed uh, and we made a and here's the here's the channelized um, uh, Stream bed in the 18, 1870s. What we've done, we just we made a projection. You know, well, here's here's the here's the stream bed um, in uh, uh, 1835. Um, that 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 meant that um, uh, um, end in 1800. That, and that means that you know the burial ground should be located very close to the uh, to that stream bed projection. If that projection is true, so we needed some data, some additional information to. To confirm, um, uh, to confirm that presence. Now, you also remember that map that has the gully that's coming up next, and we we have that map here. So, and we have this hand drawn. Uh, here's old 15th Street. Here's the jail, um, and here's in 1830. Um, we have 
again, the stream bed right here, and we have that gully coming up. So suggesting this is kind of a, a, a high, this, this sends up to kind of a, a higher area um, uh, where the burial ground was, uh, was located. And it shows that it shows that doesn't quite go up to 15th Street, so there's some space in there. Oh, okay, so that's that's one other observation. Okay, we we talked about the the sediments, um, and so this is an alternate model of what we think the burial ground looks like. Um, you know, in the initial model, it just we just uh, based on the kind of two-dimensional analysis, it just kind of evenly went down. But if we put all these to all this topographic information together. We have this very abrupt incline um, down the face of Shaco Valley. Um, the the, the, the uh, gallows is up on a on a on a high bank, on a, probably on a on a small, small terrace, um, and the, the burials are around those those gallows. But then it drop it drops abruptly down to the creek, which is moving back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Okay, the. <laughs> The, uh, what's so uh, kind of uh, remarkable here is that this, this um, uh, the edge of the, bur the, the text on the burial ground for Negroes corresp corresponds with, um, on the map of the burial ground for Negroes corresponds with the edge of the high bank. I mean, it's within feet of each other. So when Young made that map in 1809, 1810, he was aware of that, of that topography. It hadn't, it hadn't been um, th you know, thoroughly distorted by, by uh, modern activity. And uh, even he may not have surveyed in that, uh, in that um, um, piece of property. Uh, you know, there's no physical markings on that map, lines, um, or parcel numbers to indicate a survey took place. But he was aware of that. And that's, and that's why there, that, there's almost that perfect correlation between that high bank in you know, that high bank and and the eastern edge of the burial ground for Negroes, so uh, that gives us a clue is that this is a really good boundary. However, you know we're less certain, of course, about um, the, um, um, you know, the, the you know the three sides of the of, of the um, of the burial ground. Okay, so all historical data is open to interpretation. There are vagaries uh, in that data, um, and so just. You know, uh, to be, you know, to tell a cautionary tale, um, um, you know, all all the, some of these de observations that we, we make, they all have certain weaknesses to them. You know, topo the 1874 topographic map is not quantitative; it's not like today's topographic maps. How high is high on the high bank? You know, down the, the photograph that Jeff showed, it was quite high. You know, but is it consistent all the way along? Um, and we showed that. that uh, the 1835 projected path uh, is correct. We, we did we did back that up um, with a hand drawing, but it you know again it's an artistic sketch. Okay. So lastly, let's look at can we get some idea of how, how big the burial ground is? If you look at the area inside the um, inside the uh, the the uh, words on the uh, uh, words on the uh, map 1810 map. You calculate out that size. It comes to about 2.4 acres, just about two and a half acres. Um, is that um, is that a realistic estimate? Can we, can we kind of confirm that up with any other data? Um, so we went to the census data for Richmond. We have two years. Um, we have 1784 and we have 1810. 
So this 1810 takes us um, right up to the, to the ending period of the use of the burial ground for Negroes. 1794 is probably uh, a, pretty good, a pretty good starting point for the, for the use of that area. Um, the, uh, the, the black population in, in, uh, in white households in Richmond is in 1784 is 683, and in 1810 it's up to 4,552. So we did, we did a, um, we just did, we only have two data points, which is unfortunate, but that's all we have. Um, but they're fairly close together. And we just do a projection and we're able to calculate, you know, the, the population growth uh, each year um, in Richmond between these two dates. And to estimate the number of people that were dying from that population, um, we took a crude death rate, okay? Now, death rates are going to vary, you know, between you know, infants and older people um, and healthy individuals, but in a, um, and this number of 40 was, is, was taken from the literature, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a death rate that applies to 19th century populations uh, with poor sanitation, and it's around 40 people a year. Um, so the estimated number of burials at, uh, in the burial ground for Negroes is almost 4,000 people. So how much area does that, does that encompass? Well, if we go back to the, to the excavations at the um, burial ground in New York City, we find that um, they, where, they, where, they, where they systematically excavated hundreds of burials uh, in many acres, over many acres, we find that um, one internment uh, covers 22.4 square feet. Okay? And so that, so that results in the estimated size of the burial ground, burial ground at two acres, um, which is close to the projected size based on the map data based on the 1810 map data. So that, um, um, that argues for a fairly spatially restricted burial ground rather than something large and immense that was in, in New York City. Um, so the, the uh, just to kind of give a quick summary, um, the, quick, the creek, uh, Chaco Creek changed course uh, between um, 1800 and 1835 many times. Um, but it, um, uh, and it, um, it kind of, uh, this is, these, all these deposits are alluvial, but it was eroding up against this high bank, um, which again was a fairly permanent feature. Th that didn't change. And that, that, it's that, that high bank that actually shows us one boundary of the burial ground. Um, and using these map data, uh, the air, this area is about 2.48 acres, but uh, our demographic projections show that um, it, that's a fairly re reasonable estimate about um, the size of the burial ground, which we calculate from census data to be about two acres in size. So it was an interesting project. It was fun to work on, um, and I'm glad to share these results with you. Thank you.